This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello and welcome to Saver. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Thanksgiving. Here in the United States, it's happening like tomorrow, if you're listening to this podcast the day that it comes out. Yeah, but it's it's got uh, a lot of fun stuff and a lot of sad stuff, but it's interesting nonetheless. Yes. Stuff going on, so I, I would say you could listen to it at any time and enjoy it at any time. Absolutely. But it is appropriate for the season as it comes out. Right. Yes, and I have a lot, a lot of thoughts on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's a holiday that I love, but I do find it has the most family drama of the holidays in my case. Um, although last Christmas, that, that might have been the winner. That might have been the all-time winner. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I usually do the cooking, which is very stressful, but I do enjoy it. Uh, last year, for instance, my little brother announced he had become a vegetarian the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, no, he didn't. He did. Was he doing it just to spite you? I'm not sure, Lauren. <laughs> I still ponder this to this day. <laughs> but that's why our recent episode on Seitan was appropriate because there was a, a last-minute rush to find some oh, food yeah. that he could eat. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, for Thanksgiving, we cook a turkey and a picking turkey. I lo- I've never heard of this, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a smaller <laughs> turkey that you cook the night before, huh. uh-huh. and you just pick at it. The picking turkey. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. My uncle says he invented it, but uh, he's a he's a known exaggerator, <laughs> so I'm not sure. <laughs> Listeners write in about that. Uh, we have ham, cornbread dressing, sweet potato casserole without marshmallows. And this is the one that goes first. This is the dish that is gone, and it has been a source of many scandals in my family. <laughs> uh-huh. Hiding of Tupperwares, finding of Tupperwares, oh. leaving of empty Tupperwares in the refrigerator, and then you go to get some, and you're so excited, and you open it up, and there's nothing. Passive-aggressive notes. Oh, man. It's okay. a big deal. They keep campaigning for me to make two, and it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> homemade cranberry <laughs> sauce, giblet gravy, rice, green beans, chocolate pie, and a rotating pie I mix up every year. So it's a, it's a lot of food. Wow. Yeah. And all of that by, like, you are the one who cooks all of this? Mm-hmm. Does anyone help you? My mom, she taught me so that I could continue the tradition <laughs> and then sort of just disappeared, <laughs> which I love. She she stays in the kitchen with me and keeps me company, oh, but I generally do most of the— Wow. Huh. Yeah. 
it's always been, um, or in my adult life anyways, it's always been a very collaborative effort between me and, and whatever friends I'm spending the holiday with. Because, yeah, Thanksgiving is a weird one for me because my dad was in the restaurant industry when I was growing up. So for him, Thanksgiving started at like 1 or 2 a.m., when he would get up and go to work and start cooking, like, 40 turkeys and, like, 30 gallons of mashed potatoes and, like, just crazy numbers of stuff. So, A, he hated those foods. Uh Those foods were never anything he ever wanted to eat, especially not on a nice day. B, I mean, like, he would come home and go to sleep. Like, that was... Yeah, I think 40 turkeys might do that to you. Absolutely. But um, so, yeah, it was never a family thing for the two of us. Like, growing up, I would go with my grandmother to my cousin's house and... I don't remember any of the food we ever ate there. <laughs> it didn't make an impression. Um, I do remember that she made this cranberry relish. She called it a relish. It was it was very bitter uh, and had, like, orange peel in it. That's the only thing, literally the only thing. <laughs> Everything else is Everything just... Everything else is just lost to the mist of time because it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Sure. Um, but uh, I don't think I was exposed to a lot of traditional Thanksgiving foods until after college, when my friends and I started hosting our own. Um, for me, the important dishes are the turkey, the stuffing, the gravy, and having homemade cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie. Oh, man. Critical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, these these days, uh, my roommates and I go up to one of their mom's house and cook together and, like, day drink. And it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty fabulous. Yeah. I start drinking at, like, 9 a.m. on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Because you're in the kitchen. You're in the kitchen. What else are you doing? It's a holiday. Yeah. I kind of slowly day drink. But one Thanksgiving, a pipe under our sink broke, and it flooded our kitchen. Oh, no. (laughs) Which meant that we didn't eat until really late. Uh, Usually, we around 2 p.m. At this time, it was like 8 p.m. or something. Oh, wow. Because I normally start day drinking so early, by the time we ate, I was drank. (laughs) I was so drunk. And I fixed up this huge plate, like really ambitious plate of food. And I put it down and promptly fell asleep at the table. Oh, my goodness. And there's a funny picture of me just (laughs) my head on my arm sprawled. And people ate the food off my plate. Oh, they – oh, no. Yes. Dude. (gasps) I'm getting furious thinking about it. And when I woke up, it was all gone. It's the only Thanksgiving that has ever happened. Um, that all the food? There were no leftovers. Wow. So I didn't get to have anything. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I still think about it to this day, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I would. T- I've never had a disaster like quite like that. But, uh, yeah, I think the worst things, like I dropped my phone in the oven one year. Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah, that was interesting. We Did had it, to. Was it gone? It wasn't. It wasn't. It was okay. It fell through like a crack. Um it involved some very creative craft making in order to retrieve it. <laughs> Ooh, I'm really intrigued. But um, other than that, like I don't like I've like exploded a Pyrex pan. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've ha- I could regale you with so many stories of Thanksgiving mishaps, fiascos. But <laughs> we should really get to our question. Oh, I guess. I suppose. Thanksgiving. What is it? Well, Thanksgiving is a holiday celebrated by many people in the United States and Canada. Uh, Here, it falls on the fourth Thursday of November. In Canada, it's the second Monday in October. It's a national holiday here. Lots of folks have the day off. Businesses tend to be closed. It's family-oriented and centers around a feast-type meal involving lots of the foods we've been talking about. Um, And it's ostensibly a day to be thankful for Whatever good things are bountiful in your life. (laughs) Ostensibly. Yeah. Exactly what foods people eat varies by region and by family. You know, uh, cornbread dressing versus bread stuffing, uh, pecan pie versus apple versus pumpkin versus sweet potato, uh, corn pudding versus sweet potato pudding, Brussels versus green beans. Is your extra starch rice or mac and cheese or grits or mashed potatoes? Is everything in casserole form with cheese and cream? Um, Sweet potatoes versus canned yams, cornbread versus yeast rolls versus biscuits. Lots of options. Very much, very much lots of options. Um, And General Mills collected data on recipe searches one year, uh, 2016, from BettyCrocker.com, Pillsbury.com, and Tablespoon.com, November 1st through Thanksgiving Day. They collected all these recipe searches and put out a list of the most popular recipes by state. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, like a lot of it was stuff that you would expect, maybe like, I don't know, pumpkin cheesecake shows up in there, um, uh, mac and cheese, things like that. But the the one, and I suspect that football season had some effect on this too, but buffalo chicken dip showed up a lot. Oh. It was like three states' most popular recipe. The most popular, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine football, and I find just in general when you're doing a potluck type thing, that's a really popular option. Oh, it's a great one. I'm, I'm not dissing the buffalo oh, chicken sure. dip. It's delicious. It, yes. Yeah. It's just a little outside the realm of what we normally think of. Right. It's more modern. More modern, yes. So let's talk about some nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long laugh. Ha, 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 ha. I have to say, I get angry every year when I see those magazine headlines that are like, hey, ladies, here's not here's a way how to not gain weight over the holiday. And it's tips like don't eat the skin of the turkey, don't eat the pie. It's one day a year. Enjoy it. <laughs> right? Oh. And I've been there. I've done that thing, and it's miserable. It is miserable. Um, if you are wondering— in general, people gain one to three pounds over the holidays, but most people lose it in the first couple of months of the year. And the problem comes in when you don't, and it compounds. Yeah, really, binging on a single meal is not going to do much of anything. Um, it's continuing to eat rich foods throughout the season, be it like leftovers from these feast meals or just having multiple celebrations. Um that is going to affect your weight. If you can enjoy yourself for one day and, like, eat your leftover turkey on top of some greens instead of mashed potatoes, I would say that that's a better plan than trying to abstain entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just going to enjoy yourself more, I would say. And, yes, for folks with eating disorders, I know it is not as simple as enjoy it. Right. That's a whole separate episode, but we do see you. Absolutely. So... Let's get into some Thanksgiving numbers. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. According to the American Farm Bureau Federation, the average cost for a Thanksgiving meal for 10 people is about $49.12. Which, if that sounds low to you, their data is a tiny bit skewed. It's assuming that you're shopping at a large supermarket chain with low prices and that you're probably in a rural area where food costs are a little bit lower and that you're buying a real no-frill meal. Uh, turkey, stuffing, sweet potatoes, rolls, cranberries— peas, pumpkin pie, and a veggie tray. That's it. Respondents to various surveys report spending around $100 to $200 on their meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, these days, uh, Thanksgiving is a pretty small celebration, but when I was younger, it used to be like 15 to 20 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there was the coveted adult table seat. <laughs> And one year when I was nine, I campaigned really hard. Yeah. Please let me sit at the adult table. But I, I had accidentally switched. I promise this was an accident. No one believes me. But I had picked up a, a cup of wine oh. instead of a cup of juice. Uh-huh. And when I took a sip of it, I did a spit take. Oh, my goodness. And got it all over everyone <laughs> and on the nice, like, oh. white tablecloth. I was immediately <laughs> relocated oh. back to the children's table, and they never invited me again. I was like 16 <laughs> still at the children's table. It's a big fiasco that I call. Anyway, um, if we're talking the calorie count, on average, the whole shebang comes out around 4,500 calories. Goodness. Yeah, which is actually lower than I thought it would be. Yeah, that's not too bad. I mean— Really? For all that wonderful food. Mm -mm. Yeah, for just the amount of, like, just gravy shots I take. <laughs> yeah. You're just at this table, like, hit me with another. 9% <laughs> of Americans eat Thanksgiving out at a restaurant. In 2016, American soldiers stationed overseas ate 34,760 pounds of turkey, 21,450 pounds of ham, 9,114 pounds of stuffing, and 879 gallons of eggnog on Thanksgiving Day. I don't understand the eggnog thing. That's not a Thanksgiving food. It's a Christmas food. I mean, you know, people serving our country get to do whatever they want mm -hmm. in terms of eating when they are stationed out wherever. But why? <laughs> you can reach us at. <laughs> uh, numbers from PETA say that each year 45 million turkeys are killed in the U.S. for Thanksgiving. 90% of American Thanksgiving meals do include turkey. The Butterball Hotline answers 100,000 questions between November and December, and 
not to bring up Stephen Colbert all the time, but back on the Colbert Report, and I think even on his um, the new show, uh, the new old show, <laughs> he's the new host of an old show. <laughs> um, he had a segment where he answered questions on the Butterball Hotline, so you might get him when you call. Oh my goodness, that's darling. <laughs> when it comes to that dreaded scenario, the turkey is ready. The wonderful smell has filled the kitchen. You go to take it out and pop right onto the floor. What do you do? (laughs) Survey says that 41% of those surveyed would still serve the turkey if no one had seen the incident and wouldn't tell their guests. Ah. 34% said they would still serve it, but they would tell the folks what happened. 4% said they would order pizza. (laughs) I would totally serve it. Oh, man. I would I would definitely serve it. I think that has happened before. We were just like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, come on. Your floor's probably fine. Didn't that happen? Isn't Julia Child... Didn't she have a moment where she did something like that? It wasn't like a whole turkey or something. But, yeah, she was just like, a oh, bloop, right back in the pan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> According to one survey, with turkey out of the picture, stuffing is the most important dish required for making a Thanksgiving meal. A Thanksgiving meal. After that, it's mashed potatoes. And a quick word here, I for a long time got very confused about stuffing and dressing. The stuffing is the stuff actually in the turkey, yes? Well, um, these days they don't really recommend putting cooking stuffing inside of a turkey because it's really just going to slow down your cooking time and make the rest of the turkey dry out. But I think stuffing and dressing are two two different words for the same thing. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Is it just for a long time it's been different, different preparation methods, I suppose? Well, I think that the dressing was also cooked inside of the bird for a long time. Oh. Yeah. I think it's just two different words. Interesting. Well, my family doesn't do mashed potatoes, but it does make me think of that Friends episode where Monica is cooking the Thanksgiving meal for everyone, and everyone wants a specific type of potato (laughs) that is the tradition in their family. Tater tots, mashed with lumps, and whipped with peas and onions. And because it's a sitcom, they get locked (laughs) out. Everything gets burned, and I think they order pizza. They, they like, order food from somewhere, so no one got their potatoes. <laughs> the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration finds that Thanksgiving is the deadliest holiday on the road. Don't drink and drive, folks. Yeah, don't. I find this really surprising because I would have thought New Year's Eve or New Year's was the worst. I know Super Bowl, it's not like a holiday, but the Super Bowl Sunday is a really bad one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that those, you know, I think that more people are likely to, like, call cabs on on a day like New Year's, New Year's where mm. they, they're going out to party. But, you know, they're like, oh, man, I'm just having three bottles of wine with my family. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be fine. Right. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. So that's our, our Thanksgiving overview. And we have. A lot of history. Oh, yes. A lot, yes. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. 
Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. For many of us Americans, we probably know the story of Thanksgiving um, that we heard in elementary school Mm -hmm. is not exactly historically accurate. Nope. However, there is a seed of truth to it. (laughs) (laughs) One very small pumpkin seed, yes. Yes. First off, the dates can get a little fuzzy, but here it goes. And this this actually really surprised me. I was kind of shocked that they were like, well, we don't know for sure, but we think it's this date. After the 102 passengers on the Mayflower made landfall near Massachusetts in 1620 and formed the town of Plymouth, things were rough. During their first winter in the New World, most of the pilgrims stayed on the Mayflower. Only about half of the original colonists lived to see the spring. In 1621, the 53 surviving pilgrims and the Patuxet Band of the Wampanoag tribe came together and held a three-day fall harvest feast. This is generally thought of as the first Thanksgiving. There were other feasts of thanks before then. It was sort of a thing, these days of prayer for military victories or for food, or uh, a lot of times it had a religious aspect to it. Sure. these days of Thanksgiving, this by far was not the first time people did that. Oh, yeah, no, not not Europeans and also certainly not the indigenous peoples. No, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, but this is the one that historians point to as the first, and we'll get into why that is a little later. And a lot of myths surround this event and why it took place. One story goes that the pilgrims were out fowling for turkeys, geese, and duck, and they quote, in one day killed as much as served the company almost a week. So a lot. Soon after, about 90 members of the Wampanoag tribe showed up at the settlement, and the two groups interacted without incident. They contributed venison to the feast, and the feast probably featured eels, fish, shellfish, vegetables, stew, cornmeal, cranberries, pumpkin, and of course beer. Drunk folks ran races and fired guns in celebration. People sat on the ground or on barrels. Their plates balanced precariously on their laps. This feast resulted in a treaty between the two groups, but it only lasted until King Philip's War from 1675 to 1676. Relations between the two groups had been strained for a while as more and more colonists poured into the colony and disease the colonists brought with them called Indian fever killed about 90% of the indigenous peoples from 1616 to 1619. Oof. Yeah. And to be clear, King Philip was the leader of the Wampanoag tribe. It's the name that the English gave him. He was the son of the man who celebrated this first Thanksgiving with the pilgrims. King Philip's war broke out after some of King Philip's men, his Wampanoag name was Metacomet, murdered Christian convert and the Punkapog interpreter John Sassaman. Hundreds of colonists and thousands of Native Americans died. 
Some estimates put the death toll at 30% of the English population and 50% of the Native American population. The town of Springfield in Massachusetts was burned down. The food stores of the Narragansett tribe was destroyed. Metacomet went to New York for reinforcements, but was instead attacked by the Mohawk tribe, and he was killed soon after returning home. Some accounts say he was beheaded and dismembered, his allies were sold into slavery, and his head was put on a spike where it remained for a quarter of a century. Hmm. And this was, the again, the son of the, the tribe leader who celebrated that first Thanksgiving. Right. Right. Okay. Other historians think that the first Thanksgiving took place in 1637 after Massachusetts Governor John Winthrop called for a day of Thanksgiving to celebrate the slaughter of 700 Pequots. Oh. Yeah. Also. That's not nice. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Early settlers in Virginia celebrated an annual Thanksgiving as far back as 1619. And if you go back even further to 1565 Florida, members of the Saloy tribe had meal of Thanksgiving with Spanish settlers. That included things like salted pork and garbanzo beans. Oh. Yeah. Also, when it comes to Squanto who's someone a lot of us Americans are probably familiar with when Mm -hmm. it comes to this whole Thanksgiving tale. As far as we know, he did in fact help out newly arriving settlers in the early 1600s as a translator and a teacher, showing them where to catch fish and how to grow corn. However, he was captured by the English in 1614 and sold into slavery. Over the next couple of years, he learned English, and he did make it back to New England in 1619. But by then... The Patuxet tribe, which was his tribe, had been wiped out by smallpox. Thanksgiving! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right before you go celebrate with your family. Yeah. Now you can get drunk on wine and regale them with these fun facts. Yeah, the European settlers did really terrible things. They did, and we're not through. Uh, (laughs) When the Constitution was enacted, the Continental Congress called for a national Thanksgiving. But then, Congress left Thanksgiving up to be decided by the states in 1798, some of which really didn't like the federal government getting involved in any religious observations, which, again, Thanksgiving was for a long time a religious thing. Right. The South didn't really get into it like the North did, and it was the source of a lot of controversy more divisive than unifying. And this brings us to the mid-1800s, when the North dominated the federal government and the country was more divided than ever during the Civil War. And it brings us to Sarah Josepha Hale. She was the editor of the magazine Godey's Ladies Book and also the author of Mary Had a Little Lamb, just for another fun tidbit about her. And she thought that a National Day of Thanksgiving was just what America needed to unify. Okay. Sure. She had found the writings of Edward Winslow, one of the two attendees at the supposed first Thanksgiving who wrote about it, whose records still survive, and she wanted to revive this. Of note, the Boston clergyman who rediscovered and published these writings labeled them the first Thanksgiving, that they were describing the first Thanksgiving, but he did it kind of arbitrarily. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. She started publishing articles and recipes about it. A description of turkey from the other surviving written record of the event convinced her that turkey needed to be involved in this meal. And beginning in 1846, she started a letter campaign. Mm -hmm. Five American presidents, five, received a letter from Hale. (laughs) President Taylor, President Fillmore, President Pierce, President Buchanan, and then... President Lincoln. And more than one letter apiece, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this was, like, at least once a year she would send these letters. Yes. Yeah. She was very, very determined. (laughs) And it paid off. Her efforts were successful when Abraham Lincoln declared that Thursday, November 26th, 1863, which was during the Civil War, as National Thanksgiving Day. He advised Americans to, quote, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife, and to heal the wounds of the nation. Hale also really helped sell this idea that the first Thanksgiving was a beautiful love fest between the Native Americans and the pilgrims. That version we hear in elementary school. Yeah. 
She was also the one who kind of cemented our concept of, of the visual concept of the pilgrims that we learn in elementary school, that whole black and white outfit and the mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah. It, in reality, they would have been wearing like, I mean, they were real poor and they right. kind of been run out of England. Like they were wearing whatever they could afford, which was probably a wild hodgepodge of different colors and cheap fabrics. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered about that. But yeah, Sarah Josepha Hale. Real Victorian about stuff. Yeah. She was indeed. Mm-hmm. Her idea of a Thanksgiving meal did include turkey and stuffing, but also steak, pork, mutton, geese, ducks, chicken pie, roasted vegetables, lots of gravy, mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce, and pumpkin pie. You know, I have to go on a brief aside. <laughs> I love pumpkin, and uh-huh. I love pumpkin pie. But my family is really weird about it, and they won't eat it. They've never had it. They, they won't They refuse try to it. try it? Have they had sweet potato pie? No. Okay. But they've had sweet potato casserole, and I told you that's the yeah. thing that goes first. And it's it's become a source of contention because, in my view, if I'm cooking the meal, then— They're stuck with what you give them. <laughs> I want to eat some pumpkin pie. Right? But they won't eat it. I did make one year. I made a virgin I thought they might like, which is sort of a pumpkin cheesecake concoction, and Mm -hmm. um, they didn't eat it. I'm so jealous of people eating pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. You could could make one for yourself. I mean, this is true. I know that that's like extra work. Yeah, and I'm afraid I'll eat the whole thing. Oh. I probably would. Uh, but <laughs> but of, about pumpkin pie, by 1869, pumpkin pie was called the inevitable Thanksgiving dish. So that's been around for a while. Oh, yeah. And if you're wondering why the last Thursday of the month for this holiday, Hale thought that this would give women, who were pretty much doing all of the cooking at the time, time to prepare this huge feast— on top of the traditional weekly big Sunday meal. So, so yeah, so place it on a Thursday, and that way, ladies, you have time to clean up your dishes and do it again on Sunday. Yep. That's why it's on a Thursday. Huh. Uh, in 1876, we have the first Thanksgiving Day football game with Yale v. Princeton. Uh, Each president after Lincoln has declared the National Day of Thanksgiving, along with what date it would fall on. And typically, it was the last Thursday of the month. During President Franklin Roosevelt's time in office, though, he specified that Thanksgiving should be celebrated on the fourth Thursday, never on the rare fifth Thursday of November, as opposed to President Lincoln's last Thursday of the month, which could be the fifth one. FDR did try to move Thanksgiving to the third Thursday of the month in order to extend the holiday shopping season. Oh, that's what he was angling for. Yeah, okay. which, which starts after Thanksgiving and boosts the economy in 1941. But some states were not on board and did not comply. Wow. And he and Congress moved it to the fourth Thursday in 1942. So one year later, they're like, okay. They're like, oh, never mind, never mind. <laughs> People are not happy with this. Uh, yeah, maybe not the last Thursday, but certainly not the third. Okay, fourth. Fourth. <laughs> we'll, we'll go compromise. For the, middle. <laughs> the first Macy's Day parade took place in 1924. And the turkey timer popped up uh, <laughs> uh, in the 1950s as the result of a serious brainstorm done by the California Turkey Producers Advisory Board. A serious brainstorm, huh? Serious. Oh, yeah. Well, they were worried that turkey was being given a bad name due to people's poor cooking of turkey on Thanksgiving. And so um, they, they, it was like a three-day, they all, like locked themselves in a room and were all like, we need to solve this problem. How can we let people know when their turkey is done? And uh, finally, I, the picture that I have in my head <laughs> is of this one guy like in an office chair spinning around, staring at the ceiling hopelessly. And his eyes fell upon a fire sprinkler oh, yeah. in the ceiling. And he was like, there's a uh, little bit inside a fire sprinkler that melts when uh-huh. when it hits a certain temperature. And that's how the water knows to release. That's how the water is triggered to release. And he was like, I can do that in a turkey timer. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it works by a little thing in there melts when, when the turkey is at the right temperature, hypothetically. Yeah, my mom use, does not trust it. Use a, pro- use a probe thermometer, y'all don't. <laughs> She is very suspicious of them. 
but I do love the story. I do. That's a great story. As we touched on in our turkey episode, the first turkey was officially pardoned by President George H.W. Bush in 1989. And um, if you want kind of a a funny, I'll say funny. Yeah, no, it's funny. Kristen, Kristen is hilarious. Kristen Conger of uh, Unladylike, our past Stuff Mom Never Told You co-host. Um, I was a video producer over at Stuff Mom Never Told You, and we made a video, a herstory video, <laughs> all about this. If you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. It definitely focuses more on Sarah Josepha Hale and her eccentricities. Yes, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's really, it's really funny. Yeah, um, and we should say on Thanksgiving, some Indigenous peoples fast and observe a national day of mourning. So, I think it's good to to keep all of this history in mind. It, it does feel oh, yeah. as though we've become very divorced from what. It once was from from what like the reality of the situation mm-hmm. could have possibly been, um, and and yeah, and that that syrupy story is it fine for kindergartners. I'm not saying that you should be like, well, <laughs> right, Timmy, um, <laughs> don't scar Timmy for life. <laughs> but but yeah, no, it's 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 really important to keep in mind, and as it is with with all of the with all of the terrible things we tell you about history on this show. Yes, you're welcome. But as we've mentioned a little bit in this episode, the United States is not the only country that celebrates Thanksgiving. And turkey is not the only thing that's consumed. That's right. And we'll get to both of those things after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, 
A Gallup poll in this, our year of 2018, found that about 8% of Americans don't eat meat, about 5% being vegetarian and 3% vegan. And that is a smallish percentage, but it equals out to over 26 million people. So what are those folks to do on a holiday built around Turkey? Ooh, what are they to do? <laughs> the uh, the kind of traditional answer at this point is tofurkey. Mm-hmm. In 1995, the first tofurkey meal was sold locally in Oregon. It was a collaboration between a tempa maker and a vegetarian catering company. The tempa maker was uh, one Seth Tibbet, who had founded the brand Turtle Island Foods, and he started... <laughs> With an incubator, uh, an incubator because you, that's how you make tempo. We did a whole episode about it. It involves fungus. It's pretty rad. You know, see see that episode for more. But yeah, he, he made his first incubator out of a discarded refrigerator that was heated with strands of Christmas lights. Oh my goodness. By this point, he had moved on from that. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the catering company, Higher Taste, had been making these two-order stuffed tofu roasts that were glazed with orange juice and soy sauce. They were pretty popular. And... Tibbet, to go with this, mixed some uh, wild rice and cranberry into his tempa, stamped it into little drumette forms, and they packaged the two together as this nice little frozen entree. Tibbet insisted on the name Tofurky over the strong objections of everyone else involved. They were like, that's ridiculous. Can we have a little bit of decorum here? And he was like, no, no, Tofurky. <laughs> In 1997, they bought a recipe for wheat gluten and started mixing their tofu with that, which uh, which made for a much better texture after freezing and reheating because tofu unto itself goes a little bit like spongy when it's been frozen and reheated. Uh-huh. Yeah. And meanwhile, folks were so entertained by the name that the product was getting a lot of press and orders started pouring in from all over the country. It was a wild success. In 2010... A food co-op in Minneapolis publicly pardoned a tofurkey. Of course, they did. Of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if y'all listeners have ever had one. Um, they're they're kind of rubbery. They don't, you know, they don't really brown well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they roll around in roasting pans maddeningly. <laughs> um, but uh, a writer for the New Yorker, a vegetarian by the name of Jonathan Kaufman, said that. It's, quote, nonetheless, a bit turkey-like in its trusty stodginess. It's the thing that's on the holiday table because it's supposed to be there. (laughs) Oh, that's kind of wonderful. (laughs) He was right about the name, I guess. Um, I feel like I just have vastly different tastes than almost everyone in my family. But I love turkey, and I never get to eat it. But they all act like they'd be fine if it wasn't there. Oh, man. And I've been determined <laughs> to keep it, keep the tradition going. But that's why we cook ham as well, because they would rather have ham. I would oh, rather have turkey. Yeah. But yeah, they definitely think it's just the thing that's supposed to be there. Huh. Yeah, that, that, the whole ham thing is still mystifying to me because the side of my family that I grew up having holidays with uh, was the Jewish side of my family. And mm-hmm. so we did not eat ham. Well, I mean, my dad and my grandma and I all ate ham. But <laughs> at family holidays where we had some slightly more pious observers. <laughs> right, right. We certainly wouldn't serve a ham. Mm-hmm. And so the very idea, I'm like, I've, I've gotten used to the idea that people eat it for Christmas, but I'm still mystified by it showing up on Thanksgiving tables. Yeah. I think it's just because some people don't really dig turkey. <laughs> um, oh, I love a turkey. I do too. And for my brother that is a vegetarian now, um, there's just so much food anyway that he didn't ask for a tofurkey. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, there's some really interesting looking recipes for making your own tofu roast or mm. other meat alternative roast on online. So, you know, if you're not really into cooking and you like tofurkey, I mean, it, also if you like tofurkey, go for it. Oh, totally. Don't let our opinions sway you. Mm-mm. Like what you like. Like what you like. But but if you're less than happy with it, there are so many recipes out there for cool stuff. So yeah, yeah. But now. Tofurkey side aside, (laughs) it's time for a word about Canada. (laughs) Canada, too, has a Thanksgiving with a lot of the same themes and a lot of the same foods. One thing we should mention, the indigenous peoples of Canada were also doing something similar to a Thanksgiving feast long before any Europeans showed up. Oh, yeah. The first known day of a European-based Thanksgiving in Canada took place in 1578 after Martin Frobisher's expedition came to a safe conclusion. Frobisher's fleet and the present-day Nunavut tribe were in attendance. Or not! (laughs) 
<laughs> Another similarity, multiple origin stories here. Another version goes that in 1606, a meat-heavy celebration in Port Royal on November 14th, 1606, hosted by Samuel de Champlain, might have been the first European-based Thanksgiving. The meal, a part of the Order of Good Cheer, brought together the indigenous peoples of the region and the Europeans. The Order of Good Cheer, by the way, was a dinner series with the goal of preventing malnutrition and scurvy among colonists. Oh, that yeah. isn't that is an order of good cheer. Dinner series. I like that. Yeah. Also note here that uh I either either of these stories, Canadians beat us to the Thanksgiving punch by like a good couple decades. Which so, is interesting. Yeah. Go Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go Canada. Um another story goes settlers in Canada might not have survived at all without the help of Micmac, who taught them how to ice fish and introduced them to a berry with a lot of vitamin C in it. As a thank you, the colonists invited the Mi'kmaq to their November 14th celebration uh, with food, muskets, and perhaps the first play ever performed in North America, Theater du Neptune. Basically, it was the story of the indigenous people swearing fealty to the newly arrived explorers after these newcomers had received congrats from the god Neptune. These explorers also bought smallpox with them and conflict and war. An organization called Canada First started pushing for a white Protestant Canada in the 1860s, and Thanksgiving was a part of that push. Um, And yeah, remember, Thanksgiving used to be much more religious. The National Thanksgiving Day was declared to be on November 6th by Parliament in 1879, and it's moved a few times, but in 1957, it was decreed to fall on the second Monday in October. And it is an optional holiday in Atlantic Canada and, like, not really a big deal at all in Quebec, where it is known, by the way, not as Thanksgiving, but as the, um, help me with this, Annie? Action de grâce. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) A few other cultural differences. Um, Because there's no holiday to buffer Halloween and Christmas, because this happens in early October, some Canadians start putting up Christmas decorations the day after Halloween. Mm. (laughs) My stomach churns at that. (laughs) <laughs> also, another Thanksgiving tradition in the United States is Black Friday, the shopping day after Thanksgiving. And although it started in the United States, of course, because, you know, Canadians don't have the next day off, it's being picked up in Canada now, too. Black Friday. Black Friday. As in after the U.S. Thanksgiving. Correct. Or, okay. I think so, yeah. Huh. Yeah, in order to prevent Canadians who live near the border, like just going over to the U.S. for sales. Oh. They're like, keep the money in Canada. Okay. We'll have sales, too. Okay. (laughs) Sure. My mom and I have a a history of Black Friday shopping, and it has been fascinating to see the rise and fall of it because now it's kind of wonderful, in my opinion, because there's nobody really there. Oh, yeah? Oh, man. Uh, People come in around, like, one or two, which is when the doorbusters are over. Um, (laughs) So I don't understand why, but most people are doing their shopping online, I imagine. Yeah. Well, it got to be such a terrible thing for so long that, yeah. Oh, I had a friend one time, one family that I was spending a lot of Thanksgivings with, the the husband would stay up all night to get there so early and do the thing. And I was just like, yeah, (laughs) that is a dedication and a tolerance for other human people that I do not possess. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I worked on Black Friday for a while, so... I, oh. I, I've seen some things. I've seen some things. <laughs> Man, you've got like a lot of Thanksgiving scars. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> um, and this this brings us to the end of this episode uh, for a little peek behind the curtain because we're not going to do listener mail. Um, we're actually recording this on Halloween. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I'm about to, I'm going on a vacation for a little bit. And then we're going to be in New Orleans and then New York. It feels like time traveling in a strange way. It does. It does. I Also, I don't think we've ever been this far ahead in recording the show. I it it feels real strange, so. and I don't like it. I know. I'm like, should I be getting ready for Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> also, in case anyone's worried, I found the Butterfinger today, so I got all five oh. of my candies. Oh. We won't be destroyed. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> but... We really hope that you enjoy your Thanksgiving if you celebrate it, uh, whatever you happen to 
be celebrating. Yeah. Whatever, enjoy we, it. we hope that whether or not you're celebrating, that you have lots of things to be thankful for and that you're eating something great. Yes. Yes, we're all about that. Or if you are choosing to take a day of fast, that tomorrow you will eat something great. Yes. Well put, Lauren. Um, and we would love to hear what kind of foods you eat. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving or whatever kind of feasting meal that you have throughout the year. Yeah. Um, please send those to us. You can email us at hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at saverpod. We hope to hear from you. Thank you so much to our super producer, Dylan Fagan. Thank you to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.